This episode is brought to you by Vin Italy International Academy, the toughest Italian wine program. 1,000 candidates have produced 262 Italian wine ambassadors to date. Next courses in Hong Kong, Russia, New York, and Verona. Think you make the cut? Apply now at vinitalyinternational.com. Italian Wine Podcast, a Wine to Wine Business Forum 2021 media partner, is proud to present a series of sessions highlighting the key themes and ideas from the two-day event held on October the 18th and 19th. 2021. This hybrid edition of the Business Forum was jam-packed with the most informed speakers discussing some of the hottest topics in the wine industry today. For more information, please visit winetowine.net and tune in every Thursday at 2pm Central European Time for more episodes recorded during this latest edition of Wine to Wine Business Forum. Welcome. Thank you for um, watching us. I'm Ciro Pirone. I'm um, co-host and co-moderator with uh, my good friend here next door, Gianluca Quiroli, uh, which I'm going to go ahead and introduce for those of you that are not familiar with. So um, Gianluca, after being um, an international tax tax consultant for almost 20 years, made a career switch and joined the wine industry five years ago. He's originally from Italy and he's now based in the Boston area where he owns and runs Wine Empire and Fine Wine Retailer. Gianluca holds a low degree and master in accounting and international tax and speaks fluently three languages. He also dedicated himself to many aspects of the wine world, such as tasting events, writing, and wine education. He became an Italian wine ambassador and educator through Vinitaly International Academy in 2019. And he's also certified as French wine scholar, American wine expert, Bordeaux and Burgundy specialist, Sherry wine specialist, holds a WICT diploma and currently master wine candidate. In 2021, he launched in the U.S. the Italian Wine Maestro Certification. Grazie Ciro, thank you. Uh, it's a true pleasure uh, being here, spending a little time with my now longtime friend, uh, Ciro Pirone. So it is... Uh, my true pleasure to uh, uh, in turn introduce Chiro to um, all of you that um, don't know Chiro yet. Um, Chiro is the director um, of Italian wines for Horizon Beverage uh, Company, based here in uh, uh, in New England, in Boston, and uh, with operations in uh, uh, five different states. He's a graduate of uh, Istituto Alberghiero um, Hotel and Restaurant Management School in uh, Salerno. He's also a Vanilli Wine Ambassador uh, from Vanilli Wine Academy. Uh, travel extensively uh, in Italy, um, in England, in the US, and especially um, those that know Ciro, they can affirm how um, his incredible passion of wine, uh, travel, food, you know, culture uh, is. Uh, considering, after all, uh, how important is being born and raised uh, uh, in Italy, all this, uh, um, you know, themes um, are. In 99, um, Chiro moved to uh, the U.S. Uh, uh, permanently. Uh, he came to uh, to Boston, where he continued um, to further his, uh, his wine studies at Boston University, International Sommelier Guild, WSCT, um, as well as uh, he became an Italian wine specialist uh, with honors uh, with the North American Sommelier Association, 
as a part of the worldwide, um, more recognized Italian sommelier association. In 17, and again in 19, he completed the uh, VIA, the Italy Wine Academy um, uh, ambassadorship, um, you know, program. Uh, he recently actually received, you know, honors uh, for his, you know, efforts. And um, in uh, 2007, uh, he did uh, actually accept a position with uh, um, Mr. Caprai from uh, um, from Montefalco, Umbria, that everybody is where we are um, of, and um, as a top producer. Uh, after which, in 2011, so now over you know 10 years, he returned to Horizon Beverages uh, to um, actually be a director for the Italian uh, wine portfolio, uh, expanding uh, presence in New England. Um, so thank you again for uh, co-moderating and uh, and doing this session with me, Chiro. It's been a pleasure. So today we're going to talk about um, uh, a few uh, very interesting uh, aspects of the wine trades. Um, specifically, we'll take a look at the um, uh, agenda here. Um, I'll uh, briefly introduce, for those who are not familiar, uh, the uh, uh, so-called three-tier system, uh, how the wine trade worked uh, in the U.S., we're going to take a look at uh, the uh, market performance, uh, slightly pre-pandemic, pandemic, um, and today's with a little bit of uh, outlook for the near you know, future as much as we could. And then uh, both Chiro and I will give you two very interesting perspectives. Mine from a retailer uh, point of view, where uh, Chiro is going to fill us in with uh, some interesting details on the distribution side uh, in the Northeast area um, of, uh, of the United States. And then uh, we'll touch on uh, uh, wine education, how we change, how Chiro and I uh, have uh, experienced uh, in this past uh, 18, 24 you know, months and how we've seen things you know, change. So with any further ado, um, so how does it work? Uh, I get a lot of calls, especially um, you know, being from Italy uh, and meeting people during travels, during events, oh, or even, you know, former friends. Um, I want to, uh, I'm making wine or I know a family that is making wine, maybe, it's, you know, small production. Uh, we would like to to come um, over uh, to the U.S. market. It's like, especially if you are in the trade that you sell wines, like, why I don't send you um, a number of cases of you know this wine that's being made? It's not it's not so simple, unfortunately, because the three tier system essentially works that um, uh, three uh, distinct and separate um, uh, figures are involved in the uh, in the wine uh, in the wine uh, in the wine trade in the wine process from you know production uh, to uh, to selling. So the first one is clearly is the producer. Um, and then, or uh, importer, because the importer would um, uh, act upon the um, uh, um, uh, the, 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 the products um, uh, being imported. Uh, the second uh, figure is the uh, uh, wholesaler uh, or distributor, and in some cases is actually uh, the same, and in some cases is actually you know separate. So you can have a uh, an importer. And then you can have, um, it, which is also a wholesaler, or you can have a distributor, in, in this case, um, you know, Chiro, for example. And then you have the third uh, figure, which is uh, the retailer. So the retailer obviously encompasses um, not just uh, 
um, a wine store or uh, um, enoteca, uh, a bar, but also a restaurant, for example. And there is a first a distinction between what we call in the trade business uh, on-premise or off-premise. Um, this is a system that, which, which in turn sells ultimately to, to the consumer, to the wine drinkers, right? So we go into, to a restaurant, there will be the last, you know, key, uh, chain point, or we go into a wine store to buy our bottle of wine. So this is a system that was put in place in 1933 upon, uh, um, uh, the repeal of the, uh, prohibition, um, law. And uh, as, a, as a change of uh, introduction to the 21st Amendment. And um, the, the tricky part here is also to understand that as much as the United States is a, uh, one federal government, uh, we are subject to the rules of 50 different states. So Chira and I, for example, are in Massachusetts. There are certain rules where New York or Connecticut or California, you know, might have others. And one of the main challenges is in fact, once the product arrive in one state, how it can be distributed um, across um, across country. Um, the federal government does only have the power to regulate uh, any potential conflict, and there are actually been plenty in the, in the history of this uh, of this uh, of these rules. So, uh, another key uh, point to understand is, unlike many other countries, uh, especially uh, European countries, is how wine is uh, consumed. So if you go and buy a bottle of wine in a store, um, you technically buy the wine unopened, uh, completely sealed, and you don't have the right to uh, consume that bottle of wine uh, on the floor. Where is the opposite when you go to a bar or to a restaurant where you can obviously consume your bottle of wine, but with few exception and uh, based on, um, uh, on a state-by-state -state basis, you cannot um, go to a restaurant, buy a bottle of wine, and bring it home. So hopefully this will give you uh, an idea. Other exceptions are uh, what we call DTC or uh, direct to consumer um, um, arrangements, such as the ones from you know, wineries, uh, wine clubs, and, and things of that um, nature. So um, let's talk about market, um, how, how things have shaped up uh, up to um, um, now, uh, almost on two years of this uh, COVID-19 uh, situation. So we all were aware that uh, by now that a lot of uh, our friends, you know, restaurants, unfortunately, um, have closed, um, uh, hopefully just on a temporary basis. And uh, a few have been reopening. Unfortunately, some have lost. Um, you know, the business. So it's estimated um, over 30%, you know, of restaurants um, have uh, uh, clearly um, stopped and slowed down uh, the wine, the wine buying and the reselling to, uh, you know, consumer. So in my experience in talking to other um, uh, retailers and, uh, and distributors, you know, as well, uh, the fortunate part is that the uh, the business the operations for the retail side absorb almost entirely um, in, in some cases not entirely well, everything that has been uh, uh, sort of uh, you know lost on the on premise or restaurant you know side so on a net um, on a net basis we're still uh, probably um, um, still in a in a small uh, loss you know position but we certainly um, have uh, um, 
have, uh, have limited uh, the, uh, the impact. In particular, uh, within uh, uh, these this numbers, we have seen uh, they go to uh, larger brands uh, to hold up uh, fairly, uh, fairly well, especially if you don't have uh, the opportunity to go to a restaurant, uh, to a bar to consume uh, your uh, go-to um, uh, wine by the glass. Um, and uh, if you don't have um, a special relationship uh, to, uh, to maybe your wine retail stores, you go with what you know. And um, unfortunately, a little bit of the, the, the higher uh, value wines, the um, high, highly allocated you know, wines have, uh, have been uh, offered uh, to uh, retailers um, that have not been offered before or in larger allocations because um, uh, restaurants and on-premises accounts have not been, uh, been able to, uh, to offer this uh, on, their, uh, on, their, on their menu. So we have a little bit of uh, consumer uh, spending um, a little bit more often and a little bit, you know, less. And um, and of course we have uh, we have had a younger uh, sort of uh, you know crowd uh, to invest a little bit more into um, higher value um, you know wines you know as well. So particularly California and Florida um, have uh, have seen a, a huge rise in uh, consumption on both sides of the spectrum. On uh, on um, on entry level, mid market, as well as premium and high end uh, value as well, and we we also see from a statistical standpoint that uh, American folks in general uh, probably uh, look a little bit more you know domestic than say uh, the typical uh, larger uh, country importers such as um, obviously Italy, you know France, you know and Spain. Uh, this has been uh, obviously um, due uh, to a couple of different factors. Um, uh, you all familiar with the uh, past a couple of years debacle on uh, uh, you know tariffs, uh, you know increased twenty five percent at the moment with the Biden administration on hold temporarily for another four and a half, you know five years uh, as well. And then, of course, as we mentioned before, given the three-tier system, also with the shipping, you know, challenges. Uh, thinking about shipping from uh, uh, from one state to another. Uh, thinking about uh, maybe different formats, uh, whether it's small bottles or you know, um, or larger, you know, format as well. But also um, uh, the style of wine. Um, sparkling wines are obviously very difficult and and, and challenging. Um, uh, per se, uh, to uh, to be shipped, um, and considering also uh, some of the geography as well as the uh, um, uh, weather conditions, uh, for example, you know during you know summer months. Um, this created um, a number of opportunities and a number of uh, of, uh, of challenges. Uh, so online sales um, uh, shot up uh, over forty percent in this uh, you know eighteen months you know time. Uh, obviously, uh, we increase um, online events, uh, virtual. Everybody probably has done uh, uh, at least a, a few of those uh, uh, virtual, you know, tasting more uh, locally or you know, spread uh, spread out. Uh, that increased the opportunity to sell, um, you know, perhaps a smaller, you know, formats as we uh, as we mentioned before, uh, um, three seventy five uh, ml. Uh, as well, and and there, unfortunately, um, there was a little bit of decline in larger, you know, format, um, you know, as well. 
Um, and then uh, um, also, as mentioned, the allocation probably of those uh, higher, you know, and uh, uh, hard to find, hard to seek, uh, um, you know, wines became a little bit more of a norm as channels of the distributions uh, switched uh, and changed from um, uh, restaurants and bars and other on-premise accounts to more like a retail online, you know, sales, you know, focus. And this is actually what we also see um, going forward. Obviously, we are going to uh, depend uh, largely on uh, um, how the uh, uh, COVID-19 pandemic uh, will be, you know, handled going forward. Uh, we obviously hope all for uh, for the best. Um, now, restaurants and non-premise accounts have uh, reopened with less restrictions locally. Um, Towns and municipalities have uh, the option to uh, enforce, uh, you know, mask, but there is no, you know, distance. There is no reservation, um, you know, limits that used to be up to uh, uh, May this year of, you know, 90 minutes. So things have slowly um, getting better and and open up. And they, as we see this happening, uh, my personal point of view and expectation is to see some sort of this um, reallocation of revenue. Um, redistributed and back to you know the restaurants, you know uh, the bars um, and uh, and uh, and um, uh, online online uh, premises. Um, perhaps uh, also we're going to open up to in-person you know tastings, um, you know as well. And we're probably going to have for a period of time a little bit of uh, you know both um, online and uh, and in-person as well. So. With this, I want to uh, pass the ball to uh, uh, to Chilo that can give us a little bit more uh, facts and details and uh, his uh, um, his experience, his point of view. Yeah, we had. Um, thank you. Um, same happened here. So the state of distribution for us as a fairly large distributor, the second largest here in Massachusetts, and as you mentioned, we Horizon Beverage Company operates in the five states three of which Rhode Island, Massachusetts being the headquarter and New Hampshire, we have full distribution of wine, liquor and beer. And then Maine and Vermont, we only um, distribute liquor and beer, you know, for, for, for different reasons. Uh, but anyway, in um, 2020, interestingly enough, and this is an overall scale, we had the best year of our history, right? So it says a lot how things went in spite of the COVID pandemic. Now, that being said, this is, uh, overall, which includes a lot of different products that go to, from liquor, beer, and wine as well. But when we look at the Italian side of things, specifically, we had a loss of roughly 35% of overall sales. Um, and that's obviously due for, for many factors, which we'll you know, be discussing about. Um, you know, we as a company represent uh, 60 different Italian wine wineries. Um, say that the prime region that we focus on is Tuscany, which is obviously very, you know, beloved here in the United States, understood and appreciated that many people travel to, followed by Veneto and Piedmont that take the second place uh, on our side of things. And then lastly, or thirdly, anyway, would be Sicily. Altogether, we present wineries that cover 14 different regions of Italy, so a little bit all over the place, if you will. So now when we look at, um, you know, obviously in 2020, like I said, we had this loss of uh, 35%, and who lost most, obviously, was the smaller wineries, um, for many reasons, one being because uh, you don't have the power to stand out, um, also because you were not necessarily as large or wineries distributed uh, 
somehow evenly, if you will, between on and off premise, so being both in restaurants and retailers. A lot of times, smaller wineries uh, from smaller suppliers, um, they tend to, you know, be represented mostly in, in restaurants. And restaurants, as Gianluca mentioned, were the ones that really, you know, took the biggest hit. And uh, sometimes they closed for a long periods of time, or they were only doing takeout. So obviously the sales of wine were really, you know, damaged. Um, but hopefully, you know, this year we've seen a, a different, quite a switch, and hopefully they're coming back. And there's a lot of interest towards that. Uh, in 2021, if we if we compare 2021 in quarters between you know 2021 and 2020, the first quarter we were, you know, still down because the first quarter of 2020, obviously we were still in a good place. It really things didn't affect us here in this neck of the woods. It wasn't until, you know, basically the second half of March. So practically we were down. But then I, look at, I looked at the numbers of the second quarter of 2021, and that's when we were up 30% because now we were facing a moment in 2020 when restaurants were totally closed, everything had stopped. So distribution as far as on-premise was uh, zero uh, versus 2021 uh, finally with the you know good season coming the spring if you will things you know kind of reopening a little bit definitely gave a boost you know uh, for Italian wine and uh, so that helped a lot and this last quarter which we just closed by the end of September definitely we continued that trend we are up now 25 percent overall in sales for the Italian wine portfolio and again, our Italian wine portfolio, being a large distributor, includes uh, very large uh, wineries. Um, at the same time, uh, you know, mid-sized wineries, and also we have a, a variety of small wineries. So there's a little bit of everything that it's, uh, you know, included in that. Uh, now, the things that we continue to face today, as far as a, a distributor, and especially in the on-premise world, as Gianluca mentioned, there was a, an incredible increase even during the pandemic of the, you know, high-end wines. People wanted those wines. There was a lot of disposable income that wasn't being used in different ways. People weren't traveling. People really weren't going out for dinner, shows, anything, you know, uh, that they were able to spend money on. So they wanted to, in some cases, they wanted to, you know, have a better bottle of wine or people that could afford, they wanted to have those special bottles of wines they would have consumed at a restaurant. Um, so that, that 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 was quite incredible to see that the, the high performing wines or the high, you know, pedigree wines and high rated wines were doing incredibly well. Uh, but things we're facing today as a challenge, uh, first and foremost for, for for the restaurants is definitely the challenge with the um, uh, employment. You know, every restaurant is short on employment, and I'm sure that's not just here in, in this in this part of the United States and also in this part of the world. Uh, being short on people is really affecting the restaurants to be able to have the right people in place and be able to, you know, provide the ideal service. And it also caused a shrinking of the wine lists, which obviously creates less opportunity for less wineries to be on those wine lists. So we all have to work harder to be able to, you know, get in, onto those wine lists and then make sure that the wines, you know, uh, do well. Another big challenge has definitely been the um, the disruption, if you will, of the chain of product coming, you know, into the country. So, so many out of stocks. There's been a very long period of time where some of our best-selling wines have been out of stock, sometimes for a month, month and a half. So, that means your distribution for that product is slowly gone. So, now we have to start from scratch and recreate that distribution, which is obviously a very tough job because obviously everybody's trying to get um, onto the action for that piece of the pie. Um, 
Well, you know, definitely there's a d different aspects have been challenged, but one positive that I, I've witnessed, uh, you know, this has been since last year, onto this year, in spite of it all, in spite of the challenges, you know, restaurateurs have been very, very resilient. It obviously, it's a tough life. It's a nightlife. You know, it's a weekend and holidays life. And new restaurants have opened. Yes, many have closed, unfortunately, but many have also opened um, through the pandemic. And fortunately, they're thriving and they're doing well. And it's a great message for uh, for the industry at large, but also for the Italian wine industry and for the producers we represent, but also for many other producers of Italy that are trying to get into the market. Uh, that there is a continuing, you know, passion towards Italian wine, Italian food. And, and all that uh, encompasses around it. So uh, we're very positive. I think we're gonna, you know, face a great end of the year and continue growing. And uh, Italian wine will continue to do very, very well for us. Gianluca, all yours. Uh, yes, thank you, uh, Chilo. That's uh, that's so true. Um, what uh, what you just reported, um, especially on the smaller, you know, winery side, the concentration on uh, on the old premises. And uh, yeah, we did. Um, you know, see that, um, you know, logistic, you know, issues and distribution, you know, um, uh, uh, supply chain, um, you know, challenges for sure. Uh, we'll reserve the last few minutes of uh, today's presentation to uh, to wine educations. So there's a lot to talk about here. So we'll try to be as condensed and, um, you know, as possible for the time that we have. But essentially, um, it's a very small, um, you know, niche. Um, I was just reading, you know, some figures, you know, a few weeks, you know, ago of just a, um, uh, a few million dollars, um, um, at least in the U.S. Uh, type of market. So, but I have seen um, uh, small and um, uh, new uh, wine schools uh, popping up. I've seen uh, uh, historical ones doing, you know, very well. Think about those large organizations that, you know, such as WSCT, the Court of Master Sommelier, uh, the Master of Wine, you know, program where everybody has, um, has adapted, you know, to these times. So they offer, um, you know, vials, um, for, you know, students to, um, uh, to take classes and, and courses and certifications you know, online, uh, then open up, you know, again, other opportunities, you know, to shipping. But as we've seen before, uh, with shipping, at least uh, uh, across uh, um, the United States and uh, continentally as well, um, you, have, uh, you have challenges. Um, so those are like the new challenges that wine schools and wine education has, has had. Um, Chiro and I have been involved in a high, high, high number of uh, virtual uh, tasting events. He has done, uh, um, and, and he will talk to us in a minute, um, a lot of you know, wine dinners uh, with, uh, um, uh, with, uh, with restaurants and on-premise accounts. He's done uh, educational series. I've done uh, um, probably 40 to 50 just in 2019 alone uh, with, our, with, our, with our customers, with our customer base. Um, you know, um, you know, locally and uh, and across, you know, states, uh, we ship wine. So that again, you know, it will give us the opportunity. And we and we said it here. We needed to have the spirit of you know adaptation to look of what we've been you know dealt um, at any uh, point in time, and uh, and sort of uh, start to become a little bit you know creative. Uh, Chiro and I are both you know part of the uh, 
um, uh, Vanilla International um, uh, Academy uh, organizations. Uh, he has done a tremendous job in promoting agile um, uh, formats. Uh, where we uh, have done uh, uh, lectures, you know, online, and, and 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 as things have opened up and got a little bit more relaxed, then on a more concentrated basis, we have offer um, uh, tasting, uh, you know, in person, you know, as well. Um, I launched uh, and and Chiro did teach with me the uh, uh, the master course uh, the beginning uh, of uh, 2021, and we sort of adapted. Um, to do the same thing, to do a course over a number of weeks and then over a weekend to taste a, um, a number of great, um, you know, wines, you know, as well. And, and I think a, another shout that I want to give is actually um, that I've been working on for the past few months is um, uh, agencies around the world, in this case, um, you know, from Italy. Uh, reach out to us. Uh, we are your eyes, your uh, hands, your feet uh, on the ground. There are still a little bit of challenges for winemakers, for um, you know producers to come and work on the market, uh, to promote their wines, to have work with you know Uchiro and other distributors to come and visit mine and other stores, um, you know across across the country. While things are opening and cleaning up, um, just use. Um, you know, us as your tool. Uh, we are as happy, you know, to promote um, your product as we can possibly, you know, be. Uh, Chiro, I don't know if you have a, a few thoughts on uh, your experience uh, when it comes to uh, wine um, educations and, and so forth that you want to share with the audience? Yeah, I think, um, you know, following what you said, uh, education is critical. And um, I've always been a strong believer of that. And especially living and breeding Italian wine and only Italian wine every day, I see the, the, the immense interest there is, as much as there is on our part, of many, many consumers. They might know a lot less, but they want to know. Um, and it's so important that uh, the right message is relayed and people do understand the Italian wine because, yes, there is an element of complexity when it comes to the many grapes and territories and regions and names and things like that. So it's, it's incredible what, uh, obviously, VIA, uh, at the forefront, but also other great organizations have been doing in uh, really laying the ground for people to embrace Italian wine, understand Italian wine, and now also spread the gospel of Italian wine and start, you know, buying and tasting and whatnot, getting their friends also involved. So education is critical, and I think it's important for all at 360 degrees. And then uh, as far as the virtual part, yes, um, just as much as you did and many others did uh, last year, for me that I do a lot of events throughout the course of the year because I realized that's really the way of promoting our wines, not only with our direct customers, which would be, you, Gianluca, and obviously restaurants, but also to find to touch the final consumer. It's important for me to be always out there uh, many, many nights throughout the course of the year. And last year, with things being impaired, I realized that I had to switch immediately to this virtual world. And uh, it proved to be very successful, um, obviously, because everybody was home. Everybody wanted something to do. And wine is always a form of enjoyment, fun, you know, gatherings that weren't happening. But at the same time, you could bring a little bit of fun, a little bit of, a, obviously, wine, at times food, uh, to people's homes. Uh, and especially Italian wine with so many stories and beautiful stories and great wines and all those things that make it engaging. Um, we were able to really create a, an incredible um, level of sales, but more, most importantly, engagement with the 
uh, with the, like I said, our customers and the final consumers uh, to continually, you know, stay connected with the Italian wine world. So really that worked incredibly well. Fortunately, we've uh, now for a while shifted back to uh, in-person, yeah, with some limitations, maybe smaller groups and whatnot. Um, but ultimately at the end of the day, you know, the wine, wine is something that it's nice to share together in the same room, possibly with a lot of people, uh, but we're going in the right direction. So we're hoping for definitely a better 2022 for all of us. Well, well said, uh, you know, Chiro. Um, we came to the uh, end of our presentations today, but um, uh, I, I want to make it just a couple of uh, quick notes. And there is also a question, um, you know, uh, Rebecca in the audience saying education is critical. That should be our motto. And uh, we all agree on that uh, at all, at all level, not just education for us in the wine trade, but education for consumers, anybody who wants to advance their study, but also about learning uh, about cultures, about, you know, food, uh, and so forth. So um, that's great and, and, and well said. Um, thank you, Rebecca. So one question which is um, aligns with um, the very last point of our presentation, Shiro, is uh, uh, what, and maybe we'll, we can both answer to this, but what have we seen, uh, you know, Dishama, what are the movers and the, 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 faster, uh, the faster movers and the slower, you know, movers uh, in terms of wines or appellations or style um that, that we have seen um I'll, I'll first answer to that so my answer is twofold i've talked to many other you know um you know colleagues and uh, and, and and store you know owners uh and restaurants and uh, is if you are not that highly specialized um it's probably a lot of answer was uh what people have known so far so what do people have come to know fairly well are uh, appellations, obviously, like Chianti or Barolo or Valpolicella, a little bit of, uh, you know, Etna or uh, wines from Abruzzi and, and so forth, where um, it my very, very personal, uh, you know, world where we cover all the 20 regions, um, a very high number of uh, different grapes, and there is more like a one-on-one uh, type of relationship with our with our customers, we see um, a huge increase in uh, in uh, so-called like a lesser known or minor grapes, more uh, uh, such as uh, Caricante, uh, for example. Uh, we have seen on the red side um, Negramaro uh, as well, uh, and we have seen uh, um, Nebbiolo from Alto Piemonte. Uh, from all those uh, great appellations uh, that we um, all come to know about the, the, the wanting to um, explore either new grapes or the same grapes from a slightly different, um, you know, appellation wine. What about you, Chiro? What have you seen? Yeah, I think uh, uh, there is, um, for us, has been um, outside of it, obviously, of the giants, right? The varietals, everybody knows, the appellations are historically famous and recognized. Where there's been a lot of interest is definitely Sicily. Um, a lot of interest. And uh, again, even within Sicily, which is a world of its own, uh, there's been things like, uh, for example, Catarratto um, has been a great mover, interestingly enough, um, on the higher level quality. Then uh, there has been, uh, you know, also Nerello Mascalese, you know, for obvious reasons, could be from Etna or not, or maybe surrounding areas. But anyway, it's been a very, very, many people passionate about it and wanting to try and experiencing and loving it and continuing to do so. And then, uh, you know, also uh, white wines from Campania, 
maybe because I'm biased to that because I'm from there, but there is a, to say that doing a lot of events and re-engaging people on varietals that maybe have been around for a long time and that have been in the market also for a long time, in this market anyway, people now getting re-exposed to Fiano, Falangina, Greco, you know, the classics, not even talking about the more esoteric or lesser known. So there's, there's a lot of different things that people are really, you know, connecting with and uh, getting uh, you know, re getting passionate about. So um, it's very exciting. It's exciting to see that there, anyway, living in, in this market, everything is out there. Really, I, I see every possible varietal imaginable, but these have been the ones that uh, given us great satisfaction outside of obviously the classic from, you know, Toscany, Piedmont, Veneto. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank uh, you. Let's take a look. Uh, I don't see any other uh, questions, so we are going to uh, close today's presentation. Um, thank you, Wine to Wine. Uh, thank you, uh, Verona. Thank you, Italy. Thank you, Ciro, uh, and Horizon Beverage. Um, uh, it was fun to be here. Uh, you can, uh, if you have any questions about these presentations, about the Northeastern market, uh, about Italian wine, um, you can um, just contact us. Um, uh, we have our information on the platform. We'll be happy to um, to answer any questions you might have and continue to spread the gospel of Italian wine. Thank you, everybody. Listen to the Italian Wine Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Himalaya FM, and more. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production, and publication costs. Until next time, chi guys, I'm Joy Livingston and I am the producer of the Italian Wine Podcast. Thank you for listening. We are the only wine podcast that has been doing a daily show since the pandemic began. This is a labor of love and we are committed to bringing you free content every day. Of course, this takes time and effort, not to mention the cost of equipment, production and editing. We would be grateful for your donations, suggestions, requests and ideas. For more information on how to get in touch, go to italianwinepodcast.com.